Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small Catholic executives after they put out important news. Today's news, I don't, we're not going to call it Beyond the Press Release, we're calling it Beyond the Massive Press Release, because Jay Hutton's with us, CEO of Visibility Group, trades on the CSC under VSBY, and for our friends in the U.S., VSBGF, and for our friends in Europe, 5BS on Frankfurt. Today's news is absolutely massive, and I'm telling you, I think this is the biggest press release beyond the press release interview we've ever done scope of the press release 50,000 stores size the deal expect to bring over 200 million dollars in profits over five years to this joint venture uh warrants being issued for massive shareholdings by massive companies around the world uh so let's talk about it jay welcome to the show and congratulations thank you george the, the culmination of a lot of uh a lot of effort by a lot of people uh, yeah, no doubt. A, a, a deal of this size does not come together without, uh, I would imagine, armies of people on your side and your partner's side collaborating for, for m weeks, if not months. Well, in the midst of COVID, negotiating a deal this size is, has its own unique challenges. Multiple Zoom meetings with 19, 25 people. <laughs> it gets a little bit ridiculous, but we got through it, right? It gets a little crazy when it's just you and me on. Forget about having right, 25 right. people on. Right. Hard to find airtime, right? <laughs> so the headline I want to kind of read for everybody. Visibility, Grupo Modelo, and Retailigent formalized agreement to jointly create international digital in-store media network. Up to 5,000 Modelorama stores and in independent bodegas in Mexico across Latin America by the end of 2024, modeled to generate over $200 million U.S. in the first five years in operating profit. So I think you might have said 5,000 stores, 50,000. Oh, 50,000. If I said 5,000, my apologies. 50, I've got 50,000 right in front of me, but yeah, let's not, that's a factor of 10. So this is massive. There's so many elements to it. And the old adage is that the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. <laughs> so let's talk big picture and then move our way down. Sure. How big of a deal is this? First of all, within the industry, because I've got to imagine the entire industry has or will be taking notice of this announcement. And then how big is this for visibility and its shareholders? It's funny, the, the press release was out about an hour and a half, two hours ago, or maybe more than that, three hours ago. And in that time, I have heard from the largest agency in the world, CEO, one of the largest semiconductor companies in the world, senior person, congratulating us on the deal and telling us that this is a crystallizing deal for the industry. For a small cap company to be in that conversation, to me in my career, this is a one-up, it's a unicorn. It's the largest deal I've done in my career and I've worked for very large companies in terms of every component of it is the largest. And in terms of the industry, globally now is the largest digital network that's being deployed on the planet at the moment. So it's a very big deal from an industry perspective and obviously for visibility as well. The, and uh, I would imagine, Jay, does this make the company a global player overnight now? Anybody uh, who's anybody in this industry who's involved in it now knows, if they didn't know already, now knows what who you are and what you guys are capable of delivering. It's easy, especially if you're a large company like a WPP or a Publicis or you know one of these large agencies that's going after this business as it grows. 
it's easy to dismiss the small players because George, there's so many of them. But but as time goes by, the what's the old phrase? The the wheat separates from the chaff, or I, I don't know what the phrase is. But you know the the good players rise to the top. And what this says, as much as anything else, is that we are a serious player. We have the world's one of the world's most iconic brands as our partner in a joint venture to develop this through Latin America. One of the most appealing markets for uh, digital transformation on the planet at the moment. Do visibility shareholders realize you think how big this is? And if not, what do you tell them in terms of how big this is for the company? I try to maintain a level of cautious optimism when I communicate with the shareholders because so many small cap uh, CEOs are stricken by hyperbole from time to time. And we try to avoid that. Uh, but when customers, shareholders, partners, and influencers understand the mechanics of this deal, and very soon our customer Anheuser-Busch Grupo Modelo will begin talking about this deal as well which will add another level of validity to it. Um, once people understand, then there's a real appreciation for the magnitude of this deal, not only with respect to the numbers, which of course are significant. Enormous. But with respect to the um, important role this network plays in catapulting the marketplace. It, you guys, there must be players all over the world now saying, why haven't we done this? And how do we do this also, right? It's really hard to do. There's so many players. If you're building a digital network for a retail, you've got brands. You need brands to buy and value the, the presence. You need computer vision, which measures and provides brands validation for what uh, the advertising is going for, our ROI, if you will. And in this case, um, you need to do all the integration of all the various pieces, not trivial. And we've spent the last three or four years as visibility building that sort of quietly behind the scenes, building the components that allow us to reasonably go into an execution like this, knowing all the moving parts. And that's what makes this unique. The fact is the industry hasn't quite figured out how those moving parts go together. I'm not ridiculous enough to say that we're the only ones that have figured it out. But certainly with respect to figuring it out, we're the, the only ones that have figured it out and now applying it commercially into a large uh, deployment that by any measurement is large. And because we're talking about shareholders and you did mention ABM, uh, uh, Anheuser-Busch there, AB, AB InBev, what does it say? And we're going to talk about in further detail. We won't talk about here because I want to talk about further down, but I want to make sure we touch on it here as the intro. This is almost the intro. What does it say that uh, AB InBev wants to become, wants to participate in the growth of visibility through the warrants that by my calculation looks like it takes up right to that magic 9.9, that's the exact percentage, but brings it right under that 9.9%. There's nothing coincidental about that number. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think so, but yeah. what does it say that in terms of their belief where they're saying, hey, we're going to do this deal with visibility and we want to participate in this company's equity well, appreciation so in the next you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to expose you to what you can imagine are significant and sometimes lengthy conversations regarding this element of the deal but I can tell you this um, in the 6 or 7 month negotiation that's been underway with 
uh, AB InBev. Um, and we're dealing with the senior people from a global perspective, as well as regional business unit people, the people that run what they call Middle America, which is the 33 countries that constitute South and Central America. It was clear very soon that they understood the magnitude of this deal to them and to us. And what they wanted to ensure is that as the growth of the value occurs in this network, not only do they win as the joint venture itself becomes more valuable from an enterprise valuation point of view, but they win because they help us get to the center stage of this exploding industry. They understand that they're very sophisticated. And in fact, considerably more sophisticated on capital markets than I expected them to be. Uh, but so they understood this completely and they wanted a lot more. And we agreed to a middle ground as you do when you negotiate. Uh, but here we are in a position where as we grow in value and as we execute, not before, but as we do it together, their participation and opportunity to uh, participate in the shareholdings of visibility increases. And that's exactly the way it ought to be, right? Uh, yeah, and I, when I saw that, I said, I can't believe this. 50,000 stores expected to generate over $200 million in profits over five years for the joint venture. 9.9%. This is just massive on all fronts. So let's let's talk a little bit more now about some of the specifics. So the the uh, the tagline is I'm going to read it to install and manage an international in-store media network. We said they have up to 50,000 Modillarama stores and some independents. For people who are going to be new to this because there's going to be so many people watching for the, for the first time, what does that mean exactly? Kind of give us a layman's a yeah. layman's description. What's going to be going on in George's bodega right, right. in Mexico? I've been thinking about this a lot. So Georgecom holds a lot of bodegas in Mexico. So Georgecom is deploying uh, this technology. There's three things that are going to happen in the store that will be man uh, manifestly impactful to the operator. The first is digital display will be deployed. Uh, think of screens. You don't need to think any more sophisticated than that. Just a screen. What's on that screen? What's on that screen is a promotion for PepsiCo or a promotion for Heineken or a promotion for Budweiser or maybe all three of those promotions. Each of those brands will pay for presence on that screen. That's module one or value proposition one of what we're delivering. And as a consumer, when you walk in, we all think that we're not influenceable by signage. Of course but we 100% are. Yeah, especially as it relates to promotion. You know, you buy six Coronas, you get six more as an example. So that's module one, just basic display and it is independently monetized. The second piece is computer vision. This is the artificial intelligence piece that measures the performance of the display. How many men stop and look? How many women stop and look? How many 35 year olds stop and look? How many 45 year olds stop and look? And when they look, how long do they look? Do they spend two seconds or do they spend 13 seconds? All of this, you can imagine if your PepsiCo validates the investment in the display advertising. You've gone because beyond the display. The it, days are gone of just, I'll just put up whoever paid me and I'll flash it and I have no idea if anyone's looking at it, if anyone's interested in it. You're getting near real-time analytics as to how effective is that is that brand ad that's being that's being put up right now. Digital display in what they call the out of home space, which is what this is, has been historically fire and forget. Pre precisely yeah. what you just said. Whatever, I'll just spray it and hopefully it has an impact. But the internet has taught us, if you measure, you increase the value. 
So if I'm, and that's what Google did more than anything, they, they did okay figuring out a way to monetize the internet. So visibility is doing that for physical spaces. So let me go back to the Modellarama. The display piece, that gives you a monetization stream. The measurement piece validates the monetization stream. The third piece, because it's a 20 square meter bodega in uh, Tulum, Mexico, it has a security profile. It has a security threat attached to it. You're, you're very probably going to get robbed if you run a small bodega. So the idea that ABI wants to uh, deploy as part of this network is security. Security cameras looking for frequent shoplifters, security cameras looking for guns, weapons displayed, um, all those elements provided under the same network. So visibility- And, and again, Jay, not just, this is real-time security. This isn't what, what you've, you've said in the past. This isn't post-investigation where, all right, George Com Bodega got robbed. Let's go check this. This is real time where you guys are, your, your technology is scanning for markers and- Proactive, yeah, not right. reactive. And the idea here is we now have a real benefit that we can provide to the bodega operator. We can increase his level of safety. We can do direct dispatch to local police. All these things are critical to providing uh, the, the, store, the store owner, not only an ability to provide uh, new revenue, but an ability to provide greater protection than he's ever had before. And ABI in their wisdom and you know, vision was able to see all those pieces come together to visibility. All three of those pillars are powered 100% by visibility software. And to repeat, current shareholders know this, but new shareholders need to know this. Visibility is the only company we know of that combines all three in one solution. There are a lot of companies that do one part one or part two or part three, but no one's put all of these together. This, this is why Latin America is the best place for us to start because it actually checks each of those boxes. For example, if you deploy this in Minneapolis, the first module display would be valuable for sure and is, is seen to be valuable right now as that gets deployed in the USA. The second one, which is the measurement component is valuable, but the security of them, yeah, maybe not so valuable. That's why we're gonna see it for sure, but it has an enormous play in markets like South America because you've got this security element that is at play every day, every moment of every day. There's an ROI in each of those three elements. There's a max ROI in each three yeah. of those elements. Right. All right. So fantastic solution. Let's get down to the numbers. I'm going to your quote here. The three firms will be equal partners of the joint venture. Visibility will earn revenue from the joint venture in two ways. And I'm paraphrasing here. Licensing fees to visibility for the proprietary software and most significantly a one sharing and one third of the annual operating profits from advertising revenue that you've modeled to be greater than $200 million us yeah. over the first five years. So yeah. which one of those do you want to talk about first? The licensing fingers or the sharing in the, well, in the I'll, operating I'll, profits? I'll try and try and break it down. And you know, uh, it, again, the philosophy guiding the disclosure is cautious optimism. So you'll find not coincidentally that the phrasing around the 200 million is a is likely to exceed 200 million or something like that. It's that's our low ball figure. I'm assuming you guys came in conservative, 
So you weren't stretching the boundaries here. This right. comfortable and number. And of note, of note, we spoke not about gross revenue, George. Yeah. We spoke about net operating profit, which is at the end of the day, a far more meaningful metric to shareholders than gross revenue. Gross revenue can lead to hyperbole. We, we avoided that. We're speaking about net operating profit so that a shareholder can reasonably look at that net operating profit and understand pretty quickly what the yield to visibility will be, right? We have a 33% ownership position in the joint venture and that's our number. But the, tr the reality is um, over five years, our projections are considerably north of that. There are multiple figures that guide this and, uh, and it's best to understand you have say, just for argument purposes, 10 to 20 advertising slots in a Modellorama. Your model can assume you sell 30%, 50%, 70%, 100%. And it will yield different numbers based upon those projections. We did it based upon 50%. But we know it's going to be more than that. So, but we wanted to communicate in a way, and we've got ABI, a public company, right there beside us because they know that this is a meaningful number and will creep its way into their shareholder communication. Sure. So now we've got a conversation about what's the right messaging. Sorry, George, go ahead. No, I was going to say, sure, because this moves the needle for them as well. Forget about moving the needle for visibility. This moves them. And isn't this, Jay, where the importance of the three, you know, visibility, group of Modelo, uh, and Retailagent are so important? Because if you were doing this deal with George Com and a guy named Bob, um, you wouldn't know, people would really question the numbers, right? They'd say, come on, these guys are probably all stretching here. sounds like a bit of a promote, sounds like a hyperbole you're saying, but the fact of the matter is you're putting out this press release. Uh, it's not, I haven't seen anything from ABM in, AB InBev. So, uh, but obviously I'm assuming this had to come with their blessing. You couldn't just throw numbers in here for the sake of throwing numbers. So that doesn't that absolutely solidify, you know, your, your projections on this? blessing and negotiation <laughs> they you know they want to know precisely how we are communicating this and this goes right to global so it has it has enormous impact for abi it's a it's a huge um initiative for them it's very strategic and it tells the other operating business units in the world uh, that abi runs that there's something happening in latin america that could be useful to them so beyond latin america we have other designs to do more things with ABI. So uh, I think that's important to consider. And then the last thing is one could reasonably look at what we're building here to be, it's difficult, right? You're thinking about 33 countries, you're moving people and equipment and you're installing, you're probably installing in order to meet those metrics. If you did the math, you're somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 to 500 units per day at the maximum deployment rate. So you're going to need people. So what's coming and the weakest part of this uh, proposition is all the mechanics of installation, deployment, management, program management, importing, logistics, all the things you can imagine that are difficult. Within two weeks, we'll be announcing or three weeks, we'll be announcing the partner that's doing that piece for us. And we've been blessed because we have a good partner that's come in. And once that's done, then all the concerns about deployment uh, components and all the gymnastics associated with deploying, that goes away. So right now we're doing with the three partners, Retelligent, ABI, and Visibility, we're doing all of it ourselves. But as we scale, it's clear to everybody we need other participants to come in 
to meet that those scale requirements. And that's what we're finalizing right now. So it's just a world-class team all the way. Oh through. yeah. And let's, by the way, let, for everyone at home, you should know ABI, uh, a, Jay refers to as ABI. I say ABN Bev. At the end of the day, that's Anheuser-Busch essentially, right? That's the name that most people know. ABI, AB InBev is the world's largest brewer. That's who one of the partners is. Grupo Modelo is part of ABI. And they own and operate Modelorama, which is Mexico's second largest convenience store chain. So you talk about behemoths all the way down the chain. The one company we, you know, we kind of don't talk a lot about Retailigent, which yeah, I think is retail and intelligent, right? Retailigent. Uh, people should know that they've got offices in five Latin American countries in Mexico, and they provide advertising and marketing insights to some of the world's leading brands, including Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, Diageo, Telefonica. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about them, because obviously we don't talk yeah. a lot about them, but they're going to play a big role in this as well. We're, we're delighted by our partnership with them. It's uh, perhaps four years old. We've done multiple deployments with them. They're uh, focused on shopper marketing, shopper activation, the, the, the area of uh, expertise that would comfort a brand that these guys actually know how to deploy in physical spaces and, and promote brand in physical spaces. We've had, a, like I said, a four or five year operating history with them. It's been successful and profitable to us. And they are, they've been, a, they brought us to ABI. So they're a partner, one third of this. They're responsible for all the operations and logistics, the in-country management and deployment. They've, they're creating and constituting a management team that's going to be responsible for this deployment. So we're really delighted with how they're stepping up on this deal. Um, let's move into the 15 and a half million common share purchase warrants. Yeah. Uh, just talk about that just a little bit. Uh, the details there is visibility is agreed to issue to Modelo 15,500,000 common share purchase warrants of visibility. And basically the terms there, you get, they, they get the right to acquire a share for a period of five years at an excise price of 84 cents per share. Um, we've already talked about the significance of that, that clearly ABA InBev who, uh, a, a, ABI, I'm just gonna call it ABI because that's what you call it. ABI, uh, who obviously uh, owns Modelo there, essentially looks like it's gonna become uh, an owner, uh, a significant shareholder visibility, correct? Yes, 9.9 .9 because they wanted to lie below the level of uh, disclosure. continuous disclosure filing, yeah. And what I really like about this is if you just given the warrants on signing of this deal, nobody really blame you, right? Then they, you're a small cap company on the CSC. You've got this massive partner and you want to make sure you make you, you, um, uh, you incentivize them as much as possible. But what I really like about it is that 15 and a half, those 15 and a half million warrants, uh, come in on milestones and three, four of those milestones are at 1,500 stores, at 5,000 stores, at 20,000 stores, and at 30,000 stores. So there is no, if, if ABI wants these warrants at the end of the day, and they do obviously, you've made sure the company is protected to, ma and to make sure that this, that, that the locations are actually integrated and, and issued. Right. How'd you get that done and how important that is that to you? Well, it wasn't easy, right? Be because um, their approach was, 
Um, we're an enormous brand. Uh, we're going to get into bed with you. We think you're going to benefit from a market cap perspective because we're an enormous brand. And I don't disagree at all. I think that's absolutely true. Uh, but I didn't want to have to um, awkwardly work my way through the messaging about how much we gave away. Right. So we agreed that if we're going to succeed together, then the rising tide will float all the boats. And so the bulk of these warrants are issued based upon those revenue milestones. And just to put just to put them in perspective, I should correct myself, not revenue milestones, but Location. deployment milestones, which connect to revenue milestones. Right. So at, at 30,000 stores, the, the revenue to us from visibility just on the licensing side, not to mention our one third participation in the joint venture, but just on the licensing side, it's five, six million a year at 30,000 stores. On the, on the media side, you know, we see this thing going to, I'll give you a media gross after, uh, after four years is 270 to 290 million. And that's after four years. So, uh, and we're, we modeled this based upon a projection that goes out five years to 50,000 stores. At that rate, the, the license revenue per year is in the six to $9 million category. And the media value is in the, in the 300 to $500 million category. Unbelievable. So it, 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 you know, this is all about us executing against the plan. And the point that shareholders need to understand is if we don't execute to the plan, then they don't get the warrants. If they do, they get a right to buy at, 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 at a price point that when the, when the warrants were set, were as a premium to the marketplace. So not only did we get a premium, we didn't price the warrants at the market. We priced them above the market by about 10%. And they don't get any of them until they start to perform. And I, that's that's important, I think. And I think it's important for people at home to realize too that major global organizations don't enter into milestone agreements like this unless they've got a pretty high level of confidence that they're gonna hit them, right? Again, this isn't George Common visibly doing a deal where he's saying, hey, Jay, I don't know if we had 25,000 stores, yeah. give me some stock and yeah. we'll see how it goes. And it's a, it's yeah. a, you know, it's just a lottery ticket. The, the chances are when you see, when you see uh, these kind of milestones hit, my experience has always been that they don't, they don't, they do this for a reason. They're pretty confident that they're going to get to these numbers. Well, I mean, uh, just a quick exposure to that negotiation process was okay. Let's agree. We're going to identify meaningful milestones. We did that. And now we're talking about what we can communicate to the marketplace about the revenue connected to those milestones. So it could be this, and that's maybe a stretch. It could be this, and that would require us to fire on all cylinders. So instead, we've decided to take what it could be, cut it in half, basically, and then communicate to the marketplace about that number. So this is the conservative approach that they take that we don't oppose because we think it makes sense as a messaging metric to the street. And so we've got, we've got that in our favor, but you're right. They, this does not, it's not a pick them. It's not a, a, it's not a guesswork. It's not a best efforts. This is a, what we think is sort of in the bag. Yeah. This is math. This is, this is math here. Um, let's finally touch on current status because yeah. this is an agreement to enter into a joint venture, correct? But yes, it's already started deploying. Already. Yes. You can view this as an operating agreement. Uh, because the reason why is everybody wants to move fast. We're building a digital network. We want to sell it. We want to get it going. So we're underway now in terms of critical metrics. We'll be at about 250 to 300 stores by the, by the first part of April. We'll be in the 1,500 to 2,000 stores by May, June, and be 5,000 stores by the end of this year. 
So we're underway. And the reason we did an operating agreement was because we wanted to govern what we were doing while we we're underway. But we also wanted to create enough space so that we could properly build the joint venture. So the contract requires the joint venture to be built by May 31. And we think that that's a real realistic. So at that point in time, all the operating entities will switch over to the joint venture. The joint venture will have its own momentum management team, et cetera, Got and be it. driven by the goals that were inspired by the operating agreement. I'm glad you clarified that too, because because uh, you know one or two people were saying, well, the JV still has to be signed, but that's that's more a function of just to move everything over. You guys are already operating. You're all doing your parts and moving a, forward right now. It's a 45-page operating agreement. It 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 basically is the all necessary all the necessary components to run this business without the JV. But the JV makes sense because that's exactly how we're funding it. That's exactly how we're splitting the proceeds. That's exactly how we're managing the business. That's that's why the JV is being put in place. And you can't wave a magic wand and get a JV done. It takes a little bit of time. Last question for you. Um, this is um, just kind of thinking outside the box. But there, there have been a lot of small cap companies, and some rightfully so, who have talked about our business expanded so far and so fast that we've outgrown our exchanges and we're thinking of uplisting to TSX or NASDAQ and things like that. Most of them are legit. Some seem like they're just trying to put a buzzword into their press release. But I look at this and I say, if there's ever something, if there's ever a company, if there's ever a deal that makes a company that's worthy of uplisting, this is it. Right, fifty thousand locations, over two hundred million dollars expected operating profits for the JV within five years. Major partners, major global and re and, and and regional partners. Do you guys start thinking about that now? Uh, we, and if you can't answer, you can't. But I just no, I we, we, a lot of people sure. are thinking the same thing. Sure, we start thinking about it, but but I, it would be ridiculous trading where we are trading right now for me to talk realistically about a Nasdaq uplisting. Yeah, because the sophisticated people in the marketplace will know that that's kind of ridiculous at the moment. Is it in our sights? Absolutely. But the initial listing requirements of the Nasdaq small market or small cap market in the $2 to $4 maintain price range USD. So when we start to get to the, that neighborhood, we'll start to, or when we think it's a realistic projection, we'll start to prepare. Do I, do I think that likely this year? Not really, maybe at the back end of this year, uh, but I, I see us being NASDAQ in the next two years and sooner if we achieve the ILR requirements sooner. And that's the real response because to focus time and energy on that right now, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, good. and you know, a lot of people jumped all over that question and said, absolutely, we're gonna look at it right now. And you know, I think you, I think you guys are ready to start thinking about it now, but the fact that you're focusing saying, no, we're, we're focusing on executing this first and then we'll let the numbers dictate is great. But to me, you know, if and when you get there, this is exactly the kind of deal that NASDAQ and big market investors are looking for. Yeah, it's cutting edge no technology, yeah. software. Make, yeah, you know, make no mistake, we'll get there. The audience for this kind of deal in the US is profound. We know this. We've had exposure to it already. We've seen our US listing, our US symbol do very well in terms of volume, et cetera. So we know it's there. And I think you might know that about uh, uh, seven or eight months ago, we hired a New York-based IR firm specifically to help us prepare for this eventuality. So when the time comes, 
And if it comes sooner than later, great, we'll get after it. But when the time comes, we will make that move. Last words to you, Jake. I'm going to say congratulations over and over again. Thank you. Uh, last word to you, obviously, on what you want to say to your shareholders. Well, I've said this a couple hundred times, I think, and it might get boring to people, but we're looking for inflection. And we knew 2021 was going to be our inflection year. This, I think, puts an exclamation mark behind that. And, and really, we are trading where we are right now. We think we are still significantly undervalued. We're, as we start to deploy this and other partnerships that I think are equally significant for our organization, we're going to really uh, start to under, underwrite the, the real value of this, of this company. I'm excited. Jay, thanks for joining us today. Congratulations to you, your team. I want to make sure, I know a lot of times people say that as a empty platitude, but like you yeah. said, when there are 20, 25 people uh, sitting in meetings for months on Zoom, this isn't Jay, uh, the Jay Hutton show. You're leading a great team. So man, uh, for someone who's been in the industry now for 24 years uh, in the small cap space, this is one of the top two or three, if not wow. the top, top, top wow. deal in terms of, because the magnitude is right across the board. Right. Number of installs, potential income coming out of it. The warrants go into a major global Fortune 500 company. I mean, you, all these boxes are ticked at the highest levels. Wow, and that's uh, high praise, George. You and the guys. You've been around. That's very high praise. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. For everyone at home, you've been watching, or if you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, to Jay Hutton. He's CEO of Visibility Group Technologies, trades on the CSE under VSBY, on the US under VSBGF, and for our friends in Europe under 5VS. For those of you who are not new to the story, congratulations on your conviction kind of being validated. Yeah. Here. For those of you who are new to the story, it's going to be a lot of you because this news is going to grab the attention of a lot of people today, tomorrow, next week. Do your due diligence. Start off by going to Agoracom, get to the visibility hub, the profile page there, because we know there's a lot to absorb. Is a high-tech company breaking a new ground. We've laid it out there for you in layman's terms to understand the company. And then from there, link over to the visibility website to get even deeper information. And you should have discovered your next great small cap disruptive tech company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time.